Chapter Thirteen of What the Boys Did Over There by Henry Fox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. My Service in Flanders by Sergeant Alexander Gibb, number four 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 seven six, Company A, twenty sixth Battalion, New Brunswick Regiment, Canadian Infantry in the month of october nineteen fourteen the second canadian division was being formed i being too young at the time could not enlist but in the month of february nineteen fifteen i did enlist with the fifty-fifth battalion the commander of that battalion was lieutenant colonel kirkpatrick it was in the month of march of the same year that our regiment went into camp at sussex n b every day of our life in camp was work day and night but of course our battalion found time for their sports even if we did have to work very hard during the day in the beginning of june of that year there was a call came to our regiment for volunteers to go overseas with the twenty sixth battalion which is now known as the famous fighting twenty sixth at that time under command of lieutenant colonel mcavity better known as colonel jim of course i was eager to get over and do my bit i was one of the many who volunteered it was on the most unlucky day of that month june thirteenth nineteen fifteen that the twenty sixth sailed on the transport caledonian for an unknown port in england as the transport moved from the pier amid cheering crowds the boys were happy and gay our voyage across the pond was uneventful only we were all given life belts which we had to wear all the time of our trip and of course we had our lifeboat drill which took place in the morning after our physical training the afternoon was spent in sports of all kinds boxing running etc we did not come in contact with any u-boats and i might say we had very little seasickness on board our trip of nine days was the most enjoyable trip i have ever had on the water when we were a few miles from our landing place away off in the distance we could see two destroyers coming toward us at first we thought they were fritzies but as they came nearer we found them to be british destroyers coming to escort us into the harbor at southampton on arriving at that port amid cheering crowds we disembarked for our training camp in england we marched to the station and boarded the train at every step we made the english people would give us hot tea cake and fruit and we sure did enjoy it we arrived in the city of folkestone and from there marched to the training camp known as west sandling camp we were tired out from our long train journey and had a quiet repose in our new home our training started in real earnest there a lot of it was quite new to us such as musketry bayonet fighting trench warfare bombing etc after two months of hard work and long marches the word came at last for us to show the huns what we were made of 
we received orders for parade in full marching order then were marched about five miles to the transport which was waiting for us at folkestone i might say that was in the month of september nineteen fifteen our voyage across the channel was very rough but of course we did not mind it we arrived in the city of boulogne on the coast of france and marched from there to a rest camp staying there for three days once more we got orders to move on we marched about forty or forty-five miles to st omer then on to a rest camp behind the lines at kimmel hill which is in flanders after a brief rest our battalion went into the front line at the above-mentioned place as we were nearing the front lines we could hear the big guns and shells bursting overhead also the whistling of bullets of course i naturally started ducking my head and i have been ducking ever since in the week of the twelfth of october our battalion was in the front line in the P.E.O. trenches at Kimmel, and on that day Fritzy sprung a mine in no man's land, which formed a big crater. On the morning of the 13th, we got orders that we were to take that crater. The time set for going over the top was 2 a.m., and every man was ready and eager to show what he was made of. To the minute, a blast of the whistle came, and we were over fritzy saw us and he also came over then a hand-to-hand -hand fight started i came in contact with a big hun and of course we went to it before many seconds had passed i got his bayonet over the bridge of the nose but it did not knock me out and a short time after i got him my first hun my but i was a proud boy i put my hand to my face and it became covered with blood so i started back to the trench to get my wound dressed on arriving at my battalion dressing station the doctor started operations he put four stitches in my nose and then i was sent back to a field hospital for further treatment while at the hospital i heard that our battalion had taken the crater and covered itself with glory but our losses were heavy it was during that fight that my regiment made itself famous after two weeks in the hospital i was sent back to my regiment which was in a rest camp i carried back with me two lovely black eyes from the effect of the wound once more we moved into the trenches under a heavy downpour of rain the winter had just set in it was cold and damp underfoot and the water reached up to our knees during our stay in the line at that time i recall an incident which happened i was sitting in a dugout having a bite to eat with some of my pals and enjoying the meal quite well something had to spoil our lunch of course a shell came over and burst on top of the dugout and buried us for about four or five hours we were in darkness then we were dug out 
and were none the worse from our little experience. End of chapter 13